We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale coming at you guys live from the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Actually, we're in the media section uh, back here, Radio Row, chopping it up. We're going to have a few guests on today, but of course, the main event of this weekend, Canelo versus Charlo. Charlo moving up two weight classes to face the king of the 168-pound division. We're going to go through that entire fight, give our predictions, really dive into it because we didn't get to do it on Tuesday's show, even though we had Leonard on and we touched on it for a second. But, yeah, between that and guests, we're really going to get and dig into this weekend. But we had a couple announcements today that we have to really start this show off with that we'll talk about. But, Dre, I didn't even tell you this, but we got to start this show out how we start every Vegas fight weekend out. How's the urban loitering, my man? What's the what's the loitering report? It's like a B minus. Ooh, it, yeah, I it agree. Ain't, it ain't here yet. We ain't, look, man. We had a year where we had Tank and Ryan, and Crawford and Spence. Like this is lacking in the urban loiter. It's not all bad. Nah, it's not the, all bad. A little taste of Houston. Yeah, we got little, a little, little taste. Sprinkle. We'll see what it look like tomorrow night out here. But it's about a B minus. And again, man, it is. I like fights at the MGM. It's gonna be at T-Mobile. We can't really get a gauge of the urban loitering. Um, but I see, you know, some things is out here. A little but, bit, you know. I bit. don't, you know, I don't have the 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 whiff of henny in the air. That's yeah, when you know it's that. a good fight weekend. When you would just walk through the hallway, you smell nothing but weed and henny. That's 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 urban loitering to its finest. Now it's, it's pretty clear right now. Still in the MGM Grand. So I don't I don't know. We went. We actually are fresh back from watching the weigh-ins outside, hot as hell, sweating out in front of T-Mobile at Toshiba Plaza. And we'll give my predictions for the fight later. But watching these weigh-ins, man, the, just the crowd, it's 90-10, 95 for Canelo. Yeah, you being generous. Huh? <laughs> it's Charlo's family, and that's about it. Right, like it was like eleven people yelling Charlo peppered in. They pulled up. Jamal pulled up. Yeah, Caleb Plant was not in attendance. No, thank God, because then we would have another fight. They had to make that the co-main event. <laughs> but it was—you uh, could feel the energy. I mean, it don't feel like a big fight, right? 
Like, I feel like I, we're going to talk about our predictions as we get through the show, but Canelo's being Canelo, right? He's a star. He don't really got to say a lot. Charlo chirped a lot to get this fight, but now that we're here, he hasn't said a whole lot. No. And I felt like if there was any time for Jamel Charlo to really talk his shit, it'd be now because he's always been had some adversity with the media, not giving him his due. He's always said he's better. He's one of the best fighters in the world. He hasn't said that really all weekend. He said he's always wanted Canelo, but now you got him. Sell the fight. This Canelo gonna get his. Actually, Canelo started is the one who started chirping. He said, "I don't like you being fake." When he, when he was on the Showtime uh, thing with Brian Campbell and Luke Thomas. And that's real. He said, I don't like beating fake. He was talking all that shit, and now you ain't saying nothing. Well, damn. So, so the real question is, as we get to predictions later, is Charlo a little shook? Is the spotlight a little bit too big for him? It looks like that. When he was up there at weigh-ins, and he's just sitting in a chair waiting for Canelo to like get announced to come around, and it's just nervous energy. He's sitting... If he's not nervous, he's just out of place because he just doesn't know what to do at these big spectacles, right? It's like other people. I've seen Wilder at the Fury thing. If Fury's getting announced second, Wilder's still pacing. He's still flexing. Bud came out second yeah. at their weigh-ins. Or excuse me, he came out first. He had to wait for Arrow. Bars. He's still rhyming. He's chilling. Like, he's loose. And, this energy was the opposite of the Bud energy I had against Earl. Yep. Bud came out, and you're like, yo, he's eerily calm. Like, he got no worries in the world. He rapping every lyric to Tupac. He, he rapping every lyric to Wayne. Yep. The DJ just spinning random cuts, and he's vibing. He knew it. He was calm, confident. He's used to that big atmosphere. Jamel is not showing any of that. No, Canelo came out. He was loose. He's over there singing Peso Pluma. He's coming out. He's flexing. He's shadow boxing. Not a care in the world. He's like, I do this every day. And Jamel doesn't give that energy. Nah, man, I don't know. I don't know. But let's talk about the big announcement before we get into the predictions. Yes, big announcement. Uh, and you're talking about Lil Wayne being at Dre's. No. <laughs> it's not a bad line. That, that's crazy. You, a bad line? The Urban Lawyer is at a B-. minus. But Lil Wayne at Dre's is a big deal. Lil Wayne's at Dre's. Uh, there's a Spanish chick here. I forgot her name. You told me she was dope. Uh, Kelly Uchis is performing at MGM Kelly tonight. Uchis at MGM. They got a little bit for everybody. They do. Uh, they, they anticipate that there'll be a lot of walk-up. But Listen, yeah, there was mad a, at it. There was a big uh, uh, announcement that took the shine off of this weekend. It I, did. It was cock-blocking a little bit. <laughs> they did well, though. I'll give, I'll give them credit. Uh, Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk is happening. Yes, it's happening either December 23rd, which is a little weird, right before Christmas. Yeah, man. That's you don't really want a pay-per-view before Christmas. But no. I guess they don't care in Saudi, and that's where the fight would be. But it's either happening there or in January, and I expect it to happen in January. Yeah. Because the man's about to fight in a month against right, Francis Ngannou, <laughs> which, I mean, it's a glorified sparring Yeah, session. collecting the bag. So it's like, all right, you're paying me for a spar. And that's cool, but you still got to get through it against someone who's not really a trained boxer, healthy. Because the biggest problem is, what if Francis just rushes in and catches you with a headbutt yep. and splits your shit open? Now you got to cut, and it's going to take forever to heal. So it's not necessarily getting knocked out by a Francis Ngannou or anything. I'm not worried about that. But does Francis throw one of those looping shots, miss, and an elbow slices you? Do you catch a headbutt? Like, there's a bunch of stuff... Do you just slip? Yeah. You know, like, what if you punch him too hard and he's turned in a weird way and you, you hit him and you, your hand messes up? 
there's so many little things that can go wrong in a fight like that. So I think January is, is, is a safe bet for that fight. But the announcement itself and being able to get an undisputed heavyweight champion is big. It's huge. It's huge. And, I, I, you know, I've given Tyson Fury a lot of shit for how he's handled this situation, calling people out then pulling back, saying he wants to fight him and saying he doesn't. That's Tyson playing the game. And as soon as the Saudi bag came through, it didn't matter, right? We could talk splits all you want. The Saudi's like, yo, what do you need to make this fight happen? And Tyson Fury could say $100 million. They were like, we got it. Yep. So the fight's now made. Uh, we'll have an undisputed heavyweight champion before the middle of next year, an undisputed heavyweight champion, the first in the four-belt era. Um, I'm very interested to see how this fight goes because even though I've, I've said I don't know why Fury's not fighting Usyk, it's not that it's going to be necessarily a problem. He's the bigger fighter. He's one of the best heavyweights you've ever seen in the world. I am curious how the fight plays out. Now, the last Usyk fight gives me trepidation, right? Because he's, he's against a guy he's outclassing, clearly. But body shots are clearly an issue. He doesn't like him. Whether they're low or slightly low or on the belt line, it throws him off his rhythm. We saw that in the first Anthony Joshua fight where Joshua was eaten to the body, somehow got like to the sixth round and said, fuck this, I'm not going to throw any more body shots. Yeah. But that fight was close on the cards for a second, and then Usyk ran away with it. I'd say ninth, tenth yeah. on. Like, Usyk kind of separated himself. Tyson Fury is a smart fighter, too. So it just, you, you look at where Alexander Usyk is better, and he's always been slicker than most people, faster than most people, especially a heavyweight. Like, you throw on, like, Tyson Fury, like, say, these bodybuilders in front of him, and they have nothing for him. Right. And that's what we've seen. Uh, I'd say the slickest fighter in terms of fighter IQ was when he fought, um, fought Chisora. Who did he fight when he first fought? Who? Usyk. I mean, Usyk first fought Chaz Witherspoon. Oh, not Chaz. <laughs> then he well, fought Derek Chisora. Yeah, the Chisora fight where Chisora wasn't out of that fight by any No. And it was like Chisora just looked big. And Chisora made it ugly and leaned on him. Yeah. And he really used that weight. And Usyk, was, he, he won, but it wasn't like an easy night at the park. And Tyson Fury has that weight plus some. Usyk only gained so much. There's weight classes for a reason. Except at heavyweight, there's no weight classes. Right. We're talking about Jamel Charlo moving up two divisions to fight Canelo Alvarez. He's moving from 54 to 68. That's 14 pounds. Right. Usyk's going to be 50 pounds less than Tyson Fury. Oh, yep. and by the way, Tyson still moves like someone who's 210. So I guess my question is, because Tyson Fury is going to have a significant height advantage as well, you just almost had to kneel to hit him in the body, right? Yeah. It's not like he could just go to the body like he normally does. It's like he has to throw at a different angle to go to the body. not saying he can't pull it off, but I don't know if the leverage is going to be there. But he's too big. He's too big for, for everybody in the division. Us is going to have to have a hell of a time trying to box circles around Tyson Fury. He's going to have to stick and move. It's an interesting fight. I'm not going to say Usyk's out of it. The man's a gold medalist. The man is a, he's an incredible fighter. But boy, but this, you know what's crazy? Is this Usyk's Crawford moment? It could be. Where we, like everybody just, said Crawford was too small. If you just dog walk Tyson Fury, then yes, of course. Like, you're in a whole different bracket of fighter. But to me, I think it will be his Canelo Bivol moment. That's, and that's the other side of it. When right? you're in that and you're just like, yo, you're world class. You really are. But this guy is bigger. He's longer. Yep. He can move. He's keeping you at the end of the jab. What do you got? And then what answers do you have? And Canelo 
never really adjusted. And that's how most fights go when you move up too high. Bud was a different beast. Yeah. And then he moved up seven pounds. <laughs> right. Or not even. Yeah, I mean, 140, yeah. 147. But he, he was around he 47 fought, for a long yeah, time. Yeah. And he fought a guy who's a fellow 147 person. Granny, arguably the biggest fighter at yeah. 147. Yeah, huge, yeah. But the day before, they were both 147. The day before, Tyson Fury's going to be 50 pounds bigger. And for a guy like Alexander Usyk, is like he doesn't have the pop at heavyweight really anyway. What are you going to do with Tyson Fury? Deontay Wilder has the most pop arguably we've ever seen and couldn't keep Fury off of him. Let yeah. alone the hell with dropping him and everything. He couldn't stop the man from walking him down. Yeah. And it's the hardest puncher we've ever seen. What are you going to do if Tyson Fury just said, I'm walking forward? All, all that slick shit, all that shit is cool. I'm walking forward. And it's been the problem with Vasily Lomachenko, and I make this comparison all the time, because they're best friends and they train together and all this, um, similar camps and advisors. Vasily Lomachenko is great, and he's world-class. The only time he loses or looks somewhat in the same realm as someone is when they are naturally bigger yeah. and athletic. Yeah. Teofimo, Devin, you can do enough to change their game plan because you're just naturally bigger. And that's what Usyk's finally going to run up against because he fought bigger, just not more skilled. Yeah, I, the, the, the interesting part is Usyk has fantastic footwork. He moves around the ring well. Fury's going to have to cut him off. Uh, the activity, obviously, both of them throw combinations well. Usyk's going to have to find his target. You know, We've seen Tyson Fury not necessarily fall asleep at the wheel, but let fighters like Otto Valen, for instance, get inside yep. on him. He can't allow that to happen with Usyk. Um, but I'm just I'm I'm glad the fight is happening. I'm glad we we can have enough of this noise. We can determine who the heavyweight champion is. And now Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, uh, Zaley Zhang, they like they all have something to look at now. Now now they know what's happening at the top of their division. So I'm glad we got the fight happening. It's a big deal, obviously, over at ESPN. Y'all making it a huge deal yeah, for reasons it. that make perfect sense. Um, <laughs> Get this pay-per-view money, yeah. baby. Knock the Middle of the day pay-per-view money, though? So, so here's the question. Is it, does it sell more than Canelo Charlo? No. No? No, it's, it's going to be in the middle of the day in okay. January. <laughs> like, honestly, they don't care about pay-per-views. No, they don't. Not at all. Saudi money's that's guaranteed. Yeah, that's extra. Yeah, that's just extra lining. The Saudis don't care about pay-per-view money. They probably don't even know what it is. No, and I'm not sure Usyk is really going to get pay-per-view points. Probably not. Because what what pay-per-view star are you? So not really, one. it's just lining Tyson's pockets a little bit more. So I'm not sure. I mean, Ngannou's getting a little bit of pay-per-view points, I guess, yeah. by the reports of it. So that's cool. But Fury in about three months is about to cash out. And if there's a rematch clause... Then you go, you run it back one more time. And after that, I'm not sure what Fury has to do. I, I think if he happened to win once or, or twice and doesn't want to retire, in which he's teased retirement so much that I think he would just retire. But I think Jaylee Zhang is now a legit contender for someone like a Tyson Fury because he's just big enough where it looks like, okay, there's not that size discrepancy. He got yeah. bang, you know, big bang Zhang and all this. And it's like, cool it gives another opponent Tyson when he was sitting down like who is there it's like the jug he knew Joy, Joe, Joe Joyce what is Joe Joyce but I you know as long as there's another um, contender out there I think Fury will keep going 
I mean, no. you know the obvious contender is if Anthony Joshua doesn't fight Deontay Wilder, which is oh Joshua is yeah, that's the fight at Wembley. Yeah, that, that's the that's the go home fight. You're, I'm of the opinion that fight has to happen no matter what. It does. Win loss records be damned. It don't matter. But if, if Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder do not fight, which seems like they have sight issues with Saudi, for like they moved off to December, you got they're moving looking at January now. They're talking about February. They're looking at another site. But if that fight doesn't happen for whatever reason, if Fury beats Usyk, you go right to the Joshua fight. And then you could call it your retirement fight if you wanted to, because yep. you really have nothing left to do after that. Yep. I mean, big. I like Zhang, but... I like Zhang, too, but hey... If anybody, you just want to check. Yeah, ain't nobody really checking for you like that. No. Like, Tyson Fury, unless he's going to China to fight Zhang. But it's better... Oh, that'd be dope. That, like, that's what you would have to do. Yeah, you were gone one day, and uh, me and... Shout out to Nick. Dez from Veterans Minimum. We uh, just did a bunch of random hypotheticals and, and cool little boxing games and stuff. And one of our questions were, if you could put fights in three places, where would you put them? Because I'm low-key tired of, like, not having those marquee fights. Like, Thriller Manila is huge. They yeah. still have, like, an Ali statue over there. Yep. Like, never went back to the Philippines. Yep. Rumble in the Jungle. Like, there's all these, like, cool-ass other venues that we don't really get in boxing anymore. Yeah. So I, I would love that. That'd be huge. I mean, that, that's a way. That's another way to cash out. You fight him in overseas. You build another base. You get to run a world tour, a promo tour for that fight. You know, Zane just has to keep winning. But the, him dusting Joe Joyce the way that he did Twice. has got everybody's attention. Yeah, everybody's got his attention. Cause the first, the first time was just cool. This yeah. one was. There's no question. But he got Otto Valini. He can fight. Yeah, uh, there's a mandatory challenger. There's plenty. They were trying to hold up this unification yeah. with who's going to have to step aside. You know, Eddie Hearn always said, he's not stepping aside. Eddie, go somewhere. Chill out, man. Just get Anthony Joshua to fight. Get Anthony Joshua to fight with Tyson Fury. I want to see Joshua Wilder more than I want to see Joshua Fury. I do, too. I, I do, too. But If Joshua beats Wilder, oh, then it's, then it's a, printing money for Yeah, that this is one of the biggest fights in heavyweight history. Just in terms of the money that it'll generate Ooh. at Wembley, it'll yeah. break attendance records. Like that's one of the biggest fights sure ever. Big enough, a hundred thousand might not be big enough. If, if Anthony Joshua were to go out there and knock out Deontay Wilder, the magnitude of Fury Joshua at Wembley for all the marbles is insane. That's insane. That's arguably better if they would have fought three years ago. It, it is better because now Joshua has has his redemption song. He beat the man he was supposed to fight years ago. Yeah. You can kind of say, yo. Chalk up Usyk to a bad matchup. Yeah, I had a bad hiccup. Derek James has, has changed my career. And, you know, the way he knocked out Robert Hellenius was something else. But if he put Wilder out like that, now, now we talking. Now we talking. And then, you know, after that fight, you could just kind of roll the credits on the heavyweight division. Because who's left? Jared Anderson, he's just no, got to wait. You just give it to the young guys. Yeah, you just, they all can roll the credits and their career. Yeah. And we start and a new, fair, a new season. won't be undisputed if he fights. Anthony Joshua. No. And that's, He'll give up one or two of the belts. As long as he gets them, he's yeah. good. I'm, again, glad the fight got made because I was tired of the back and forth and Usyk didn't know what was going on and Fury was playing games. I'm, I'm glad we're done playing games. We got the undisputed fight. I, I can't wait to see how that one plays out. And we've been calling for it. So they're signed. Tyson Fury, go handle business against Ngannou. Stay healthy. Get the hell out of there with your check <laughs> randomly for a spar. And then, yeah, let's get back in the gym and get in real shape put the beers down the reality show on netflix uh i was looking at wilder fury too and the shape he got in for that was phenomenal he was in great shape like you you gotta focus to that level yep because you can call this guy a little middleweight you call you gotta know he's the most dangerous opponent you've ever had 
Absolutely, 100%. And, and go in there and focus. The other announcement uh, before we actually let a guest join us, um, which is cool because I see Carmel walking around. Um, the other announcement we have is David Benavides, Demetrius Andrade. Andrade is good. He ain't that good. David Benavidez, though, is a different beast. And if you can't get Canelo, Boo Boo's been asking for someone at this level for so long. He asked for an ass whooping. I do. You see Boo Boo a lot. You were there. You were I've zone. covered. I've covered Boo Boo for a while. Demetrius Andre is a very good fighter, but when he has the opportunity to finish opponents, he doesn't. He let Luke Keeler go the distance with him. He hasn't looked tremendous in this fight. He's a counter puncher. You're moving up to 68. You're fighting a big, strong, young fighter who's trying to make an example out of you. Because Benavides did it with Caleb Plant. Yes, kind of told you, I'm going to beat the shit out of this man. And he went out there and beat the dog shit out of Caleb Plant. And I think Caleb's a better fighter than Andre at this stage of his career. So this, he's going to make an example out of Andre. And then he's going to start calling for Canelo again. How long can Canelo avoid him if he beats Boo Boo? Who else is there? Look, there's, there's, it really boils down to... Charlo. It really boils down to, yes, what Big Charlo ends up doing, what Bud Crawford ends up doing. Obviously, he's got to beat Charlo this weekend. He's got a three-fight deal with PBC. And that doesn't mean Benavides has to be one of those fights. The, the tough part is Benavides has to make a lot of noise beating up Andre. Like, it can't even be close. It has to be one of them savage beatings yeah. to the point where he's turning, looking at commentary, talking shit. Right? Like, you have to make a viral moment out of him. And even then, Canelo's like, it's a risk. The risk-reward is not there. Like, he's not interested. He, has a, like, he keeps saying he's got to do more, which is funny because, like, he's a two-time WBC champion, ain't never lost, and has beat the hell out of everybody he's fought. What else has he got to do? Now he's beating the hell out of big names if he wins that one. But is, is Andre really a big name? The biggest they got. Caleb Plant's a bigger name, Andre. Sure. So it doesn't really but, I mean, add. he's fighting better competition than he fought two years ago. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. It's just I don't know what it's going to take to lure Canelo into that fight. Because the more appealing fight The question be, becomes, who else could Canelo fight? It's, it's Big Charlo if Charlo gets his shit together. And it's Crawford if that fight was to materialize. Yeah, Crawford's a ridiculous. Like, the guy's 147 pounds. To go up to 168 is somewhere it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It sounds great, but it's a ridiculous fight. But Crawford's ridiculous enough to do it. Maybe, right? but that's hard to hang your hat on if you're a Canelo. It is, but like, but what if you there's no one at 75 you can just go like nah. Bivol's. You're not, not fighting better BF. I mean, better BF 40. You could, but I don't think. But you'd have to finish your three fight deal and then broker something with top rank. But the issue, all right. So the thing is, Crawford brings something to the table that nobody else does. He's got eyeballs now. So even if you didn't necessarily get the credit for beating him, in Canelo's eyes, I feel like. People believe Bud can beat him, so he'd like to shut that down. Okay. On the other side of it, it makes him a lot of money. It makes him more money than fighting anybody else. And, like, better BF, you think that's not a bigger risk reward than, like... Yeah, Canelo just that's, that's seems just, extremely obsessed with belts. Though, he so. is, but I don't think he's as obsessed with it. Like, now he's obsessed with Bivol. And we don't know what Bivol is going to do. And I don't know if that rematch is ever going to happen, especially now you got this, this deal with PBC. It's... I'll be surprised if he fights Benavides. I hope he does. Let's fight everybody wants to see, even if Canelo wants to admit it or not, everybody yeah. wants to see Canelo and Benavides on Cinco de Mayo weekend in Vegas on some crazy shit. Canelo going to have to get it together. But other than that, Benavides Charlo, is in the spot Canelo was when he challenged Triple G. 
the first time. Not really. Like, you got yeah, remember, Canelo was giving Triple G the runaround. Yeah, but Triple G was two in the world, three in yeah. the world. And it was like, okay, go. But he kept saying, I want Canelo. And, and Golden Boy, and it was like, oh, he's not ready yet. Remember, he took a catchweight fight. Boy, then, think, like, yeah. he was playing games. Like, Benavides ain't playing games. He's coming straight for Canelo. And Canelo's the one that's playing games again. He's the A-side. I get it. I get it. Maybe Benavides has to play smart, take less money. But do what you got to do to get that fight. You beat Canelo, it's yours now. The holidays are yours. You're the big star. You need that rub. But everybody got to take a little bit less. Because you ain't going to get no 50-50 split with Canelo. It ain't happening. No, you're, you're not getting a 75-25. Hey, you might get that. No pay-per-view points. Yeah. You need pay-per-view points if you're a big enough name. Though. Yeah, because Canelo's going to do 75 and 20. Like, Canelo's probably getting 40. Yeah, Canelo's going to do half a million pay-per-view. Yeah, if he's getting 40 mil. Million. If Canelo takes 30 mil, so your 25 is then 10 mil. Still more than you ever got. Ever. You run to the bank. Yeah, you run to the bank. And if you win, it's on. Yeah, because then maybe you go 60-40 in a rematch. Yeah, now, now you Bivol just you're fighting everybody. He priced himself out. Now, whacked himself out, and it's like... He wants to fight better BF, but WBC is like, we're not sanctioning a Russian, so. That's so ridiculous. It's the, yeah. it's the dumbest shit like in the boxing. The man didn't. He, didn't. he didn't blow your shit up. Like, he ain't going to war. Yo, it's, it's crazy. So Ma- Imagine if American fighters couldn't fight because Trump was president. You know, <laughs> Yo, your president's whack. we just randomly yeah. jumped into? Yo, your president's whack. Sorry, you can't come over here and fight. That's like the equivalent. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I can't control this, man. Yeah, he's nuts. I don't, I don't know him. It. And even then, we vote. Right. Half of the idiots here voted for him. Crazy. So if we had to take that one, we got to eat that. They don't vote over there. No. They got no control that this man is in power. So, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous on that end. We're actually going to talk to Carmel Moten when he comes through real quick, chop it up because I see him walking around. And then right after that, we're giving our predictions for the fight. All right, everyone, pulling through today. Youngest fighter on the card, 17 years old. Carmel Moten joining us on the show. We talked to Leonard earlier in the week. Uh, Leonard's over here to our right right now. You know, he's playing it cool. But a lot of people have been talking about your skills and already the people you've been in the ring with in terms of sparring and helping them prepare. How is that, before even making your debut and everything, how does that really help you and give you the confidence to turn pro at 17 years old? Uh, Yeah, definitely, like, as an amateur, I'm working with all these champions, and I'm in there. I'm doing my thing, holding my own. So that definitely gives me confidence going into the pros. And uh, I'm ready. I know that my skills is going to shine tomorrow, and uh, I'm going to show the world who Carmel Moten is. You know, it's crazy because I think about how young you are, right? And I'm thinking, what was the first fight you saw? Like, Because obviously you worked with Floyd. Do you remember the first fight that you watched? Nah, it was probably definitely a Floyd fight. Uh, I've been watching Floyd and uh, everybody that was in the gym since I was young. Uh, my dad been showing me vi- the videos from the gym since I was a baby growing up. So I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was probably a Floyd fight. How crazy is it that now you get this opportunity? Yeah, obviously Floyd's retired, but Floyd never says the next Floyd Mayweather about anybody. But he's done that with you. And is, does that, is there pressure? Is it, is it just dope to see that somebody like that is, like, giving you that honor? Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's like it put, gave me a lot of exposure, uh, definitely. And uh, I appreciate everything Floyd has done for me. And uh, I definitely aim to be great in the sport. I want to be the first Carmel Moten. Uh, 
nothing against Floyd. Floyd is his his man, and uh, I'm gonna be me. I'm a I'm a shine and uh, just do my thing in the ring. Oh, it's wild. Uh, Leonard told us a story. There's like a video around of you like five, six years old in the gym hitting the pads, but you have to stand on the steps to yeah. even like reach the pads yeah. and, and do uh, pad work. Uh, just being in the gym for that long, you're 12 years in, does it feel like kind of surreal that you're finally here making your pro debut? Does it, has it sunk in yet? that you're doing it and doing it at T-Mobile Arena. Like, people do house shows in front of 200 people. Right. You're doing it in front of a huge, huge arena. Uh, yeah, it's definitely crazy. It's uh, a lot of just, yeah, it's, it's, like a, it's like a dream. I've been, uh, I remember going to the tournaments and uh, just, you know, it was tournament after tournament, just waiting for the next one. And then everybody asked me, oh, when you going pro? When you going pro? And then I was getting ready for another tournament out of nowhere. Just boom, now I'm going pro. It, it all happened so fast. And so it's, just, it's all sinking in. And uh, just tomorrow, it's, it's that time. You sparred with the likes of Tank. You, you've been in the ring with people like high caliber champions already. How much has that prepared you? And do you ever think about like, yo, there's so many people watching me that I got so many eyeballs. This, this kid's that, this cat said 20 fights in, they don't get the attention that you have or the experience in the gym with other people. Uh, yeah, I definitely got a lot of eyes on me, especially uh, with my Instagram following and uh, exposure Floyd has gave me. And, uh, but there, there's pressure that comes with it, but I'm ready for it. And uh, I believe in my skills and uh, I'm going to put on a show. Talking about your Instagram following, uh, when I first found you, because I posted it on ESPN, and you're in the gym, you hit this kid with a counter uppercut, floral, <laughs> you got the do-rag cape out, yeah. satin do-rag, you yeah. know, looking real fly while, while you're sparring. I need to hear the story behind this, and how is there just a crowd of 50 teenage girls watching you <laughs> catch wreck in the middle of this gym? Yeah, uh, I, was, I was like... What, two, maybe two and a half years ago. And uh, they was having a little high school sparring thing. I, I was training at that gym at that time, and they they had told me about it. I wasn't even supposed to spar. I just went to go watch and chill. And then I guess one of the dudes that was there, they was like, oh, they want to spar me. And I tried to tell them, like, everybody was telling them, like, I don't think that you don't want to do that. But he was like, nah, I'm, I'm ready. And uh, I guess he, he had been training boxing with some pro but yeah, he got it. He found out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we call it? We call the F around to find out, moment. That's what that is. But with the do rag on, though, it's you didn't even take the do rag off yet. Nah, Man, yeah. He didn't even tie it up. There was no <laughs> knot in it. He looked like Superman. The cape was just flapping. Yeah. Yo, that's crazy. That's, that's next level. Like, when you did it and you went and you saw the video go, were you like, oh, damn, this look crazy? Yeah, nah, it was a it was a fire video. I wasn't expecting it to blow like it did. It, even like to this day, it's still new accounts posted. It's getting two million views. I'm like, damn. But, yeah. <laughs> you you see all that, and how important is it for you to have that social media following in uh, today's day and age? Because we see fighters like Ryan Garcia. Right. Um, everyone's trying to be like prevalent on social and then take that with them in their career. Is that something you consciously thought about as you were working your way up? Uh, I mean, yeah, since I started boxing, I, I had a, the Instagram and my dad started for me and, and uh, just, you know, going to tournament, tournament. 
I post my wins, and then I started growing more following. And then I think around, like, I started really getting following around, I think, like, 2019. That's when Floyd started posting a few of my things, and then I started really getting following for real. And then, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's really important in today's day. Like, there's guys, like, especially with, like, influencer boxing, they big old fights, and they're not even boxers for real. They training one year, and they're getting so much money off fights. So, yeah, uh, Instagram or the social media pr- uh, presence is very important today's day. What do you think about, like, the, the, the uh, YouTubers fighting and stuff like that? Because they are getting a lot of attention, but they, you know, they can't really fight. And, and you are able to merge these worlds together of the social media and actually being able to fight. Uh, yeah, I don't have no problem with it. I, I feel like it brings more eyes to the sport of boxing. And uh, I respect what they're doing. And uh, but as long as they don't really think they could, you know, handle us real fighters, then it's cool. So, so yo, like Jake Paul, stay over there. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't like, come on this. Know, side. know your place. Like, just, <laughs> I show you. Yeah. To, you're showing blue face a little something, something. Like, you yeah, have to show them, like, now nah, hold on, hold on. This yeah. is the technique. Uh, I want to know some of your goals for yourself. Being 17, like, again, we talked to Leonard the other day. We've all heard Floyd the past couple months. He's like, yo, he can fight Lee Wood right now for the belt, and he'd win. And he was he was dead serious about this. What are your goals? Because they're putting you in there against an undefeated fighter, mm-hmm. three knockouts already, and you're not getting someone who's one in 23, right. like for you to just go in there and run through. Yeah. Obviously, they think highly of you. What are your goals for yourself? Uh, yeah, I've been doing this since I was a kid, and uh I'm ready for anything. My goal is I want to be one of the biggest names in boxing. I want to get a tight at 126, 130, 135, and just keep uh, conquering the weights. And uh, I just want to go down as one of the best to ever do it. Is there a timeline or, like, pressure you put on yourself for that? Because you're starting at 17. I think I remember Devin Haney starting around the same age, but he had to go to Mexico to fight. Like, yeah. and he took, like, eight shows in Mexico to start. Like, you're immediately ahead of so many people. Right. This really only happens for people who come out of, like, the Olympics with medals and, right. and start at this level this fast. Do you put a timeline on yourself? Like, yo, I want to be a champion by 20 or 19. Or are you just going with the flow? I mean, you seen we was trying to be champion in our first fight, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh just when the opportunity comes, I'm going to take it and uh, I'm going to do my thing. So just I'm ready whenever. Listen, Loma did it in three. Yeah. I mean, yo, let's, let's just say Lee Wood was like, all right, I'll take that fight. What kind of problems would he have with you on, for your debut? You think it would, he would get embarrassed because he's fighting a guy who's never had a pro fight and he gets smoked? Uh, yeah, I, and I feel like that's a, that's a big reason why he didn't take the fight because it's a – it's a bad situation for him, uh, especially you know he get he lose to a guy in his debut, and not only that, a 17 year old. So yeah, that'll make him look bad. He'll probably have to retire after that. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like yo, there's grown these people are calling themselves grown men, but you've been giving smoke in the gym for a long time. Is it? Do you think there's gonna be a situation as you get better that these people aren't gonna fight you because they don't want to get embarrassed? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel that, like, these names now every day, everybody just looking for the big money fight and uh, just, you know, they there's a lot of ducking going on. You see, like, guys like Shakur Stevenson, they can't get fights because everybody's ducking them. 
So I feel like I'll be one of them type fighters. And, uh, just, yeah, I hope people ain't ducking me too much because I want to I wanna get the fights and I want to be champ. And, you know, I want to do my thing. Yo, how obviously we hear about your skills. We hear, you know, you hold your own in the gym. But what was it like for you being in there and sparring people who are champions now? Like, I know you're sparring with Bessie Ramirez, helping him out for a fight. The Olympic gold medalist and world champion now. And you're in the ring with him at 16, 17 years old. You're in the ring with guys like Tank. When you go in there, what's that mindset like? Or do you just blank it out and be like, yo, this is just another person in front of me? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know who the guy is and I respect him. But I, I believe in my skills and he's just another person like me. And uh, so I go in there and I, I do my thing. Uh, and I always going to do that with whoever I'm in there with. I'm going to always be me and uh, just I'm going to do Carmel. Is there ever someone where you sparred and you're like, yo, damn, like, this dude is good. I, I talked to Shakur once, and Shakur's like, yo, I've been sparring people forever. It's no problem. He's like, yo, but Tank, no, he was like, uh, yo, but Terrence, I stepped in there with Bud. Bud beat my ass. And then I, he was like, yo, I got to go back to the drawing board and get better. Is there someone you stepped in the ring with and like, yo, this person pushed me. Like, I, I, I know the level I got to get to. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm Like, when I was sparring with Tank or Shakur, I, I – Especially, I was like 16 at the time, so I was like, "Oh, these these guys is like they nice," and but at the same time, it gave me confidence too, cause like I'm 16, I'm in here with them, and so it's it's kind of the same, but on both sides. So, how important is your pops and Leonard to advising and telling and guiding you through all this and protecting you? From, you're going to get a lot of attention. And that means there's going to be a lot of girls coming for you. There's going to be a lot of celebrities trying to knock at your door and come to your fights. How important are these two to protecting you from all that? Uh, very important. Uh, my dad, he, he's been uh, by my side since the beginning, and uh, none of this would be possible without him. And just I know he'll do it, he'll do it best to keep me on the right track. And uh, I'm, I'm focused. I'm ready to do my thing, you know, and just... Yeah, I just want to thank my dad for everything. Yeah. How does your debut go? Like, in your head, you're about to go to sleep, wake up tomorrow. Like, yo, when you dream tonight, what is the ideal situation for this pro debut? How do you see it ending? How do you see the fight go? Uh, I feel like I'm going I'm to put a boxing uh, clinic on him. Uh, I'm going to show my skills. Uh, I'm just going to outbox him, and I feel like I'm going to catch him with something and put him down. Mm, one of my last questions, man, like your social media following, is this somebody that follows you on Instagram that you're like, wow, I ain't, I ain't know this person was going to follow me? Uh, yeah, Drake. Drake. Drake follow you? Yeah. Make sure you don't bet on you, though. Yes. We, gotta, <laughs> we can't let Drake no bet Drake on anybody person. we like. We love Drake, Drake, like, but he can't bet on you. So make sure you tell that dude, do not bet on me. <laughs> you, can, you can put no matter what. on or, your trunks, like maybe. Yeah, or you it. break the curse. That's that's what you can do, yeah. but man, Dre gotta chill, man. Betting on all the homies, like I gotta, you gotta stop. It ain't good so far this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's again, all that attention and everything is going to come, right? Like your skills lead to that attention. Yeah. How cool knowing that you're with someone like Leonard and you know Mayweather Promotions and everything that they've done this with Floyd, taking him to the top level. No one's ever reached that level, and then done this with Tank and guided his career. He's the biggest star in boxing right now. How cool is it to know, like, yo, my team knows how to get me to where I want to be? Uh, yeah, it definitely. I got. I have a lot of confidence in my team. I know Mayweather Promotion is the best team in the business, and uh, 
with Floyd Mayweather and Leonard Ellaby, I'm going to go to the top, and I know they wish nothing but the best for me. So, yeah, I'm confident in them. Yeah, nah, Leonard's going to keep Drake away from you. We talked about that. <laughs> Leonard, Leonard, Leonard already know. Wait, has he, has he messaged you anything before? Uh, he followed me from that that uppercut thing. <laughs> of and course I, he did. He mentioned me in the, in one of his stories from that, and then he started following me from that. Yeah. But other than that, I ain't talked to him. Every, everyone's seen this. Yeah. Like, Yo, every everybody's seen this do rag yeah. uppercut. It's, it's the stuff of legend, man. Yeah. Like, is it is it crazy? Before we let you, go, is it crazy that you go on social media and you see like accounts and people that you don't even know like posting you? And these are people yeah. that you know. One day that you was like, oh, you know, it'd be nice to meet Drake, but now he's posting you. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that that was crazy for sure. I and I don't know how long he was following me for. But I I bet follow him like a year ago i noticed that he was following me i, I don't know i know i ain't never noticed he following me yo that is the yeah. craziest flex i know you flex. went to the gym and just flexed on everybody bro, bro that is the craziest flex like if drake follows me right now i know right like i'm gonna look and be like yo you was just like i was just looking around he might have been following me before i was following him that's crazy starting to make it like already crazy. yeah man no it's great to talk to you this will be one of many interviews i'm sure we do with you throughout your career can't wait to watch your debut tomorrow and can't wait to see what you do. I know at ESPN, our top prospect list and rankings, they end November 1st. But, uh, yeah, your name's going to be really high next year when we start doing that list. So I can't wait. Damn, you might get a title already. You might not even be a prospect. <laughs> yeah, like, I might not even be able to put you on this list. Right. <laughs> but, no, I can't wait to see what goes on. Appreciate you, man. Good luck tomorrow. Now go eat some food. Okay, uh, I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Nah, thank you. Yeah. Everyone, Carmel Moten joining us. Make sure you guys watch it. Uh, this card was stacked already, but Carmel on it. Damn near might steal the show compared to everything else, so make sure you guys watch out for him. We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
All right, yo, Carmel, 17 years old, carries himself like a pro. This is going to be fun to watch. Floyd saying he could have beat Lee Wood right now for the belt. Uh, I believe that shit. It's weird. <laughs> it's not every day you look at a 17 year old and be like, yup. I mean, Carmel is small still. He's small, yeah. Yeah, like people are like, oh, he's the next tank. Like, I saw a tank at 17. He was a tank. Tank has been a tank. They call him a tank for a reason. Yes. No, Carmel's not that. He's, he's a lot smaller, but the pop is there. The athleticism is there. Um, but you look at, like, we talked to Shakur earlier today. He's not the size of a Shakur or anything like that. He's, you know, he's a 122, 126-pounder. Yeah, he still got braces. Yeah. He ain't got his man strength yet. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a, I think he stays down in that weight for a little, little while because, yeah, I don't see him filling out, like, insanely fast. But, man, this kid's future is, is bright. So it was great chopping up with him. Back to this weekend, though, Canelo, Charlo. All right, Dre, it's time. What is your official prediction for this fight? Canelo by decision. You ain't beating Canelo by decision in Vegas. Amazing article by you, Sporting News, by the way. I did, if anybody has read to go to Sporting News, I did a recap of just about every Canelo fight since Floyd Mayweather and every sketchy scorecard. And if, believe it or not, in every single fight, except for like the Chavez Jr. fight, or the Daniel Jacobs fight, I think are the only two fights that went to a decision that there was a wacky-ass scorecard. Adelaide Bird had a 118-110 Canelo <laughs> in, in the first fight. That's crazy. That's the worst scorecard maybe in the history of boxing. I mean, the 114-114 by C.J. Ross got out the business against, against Mayweather. When most people, as in the article, I, I juxtaposed it with everybody in the media and their scorecards. And the average score for Canelo Mayweather was 118-110. Yep. And C.J. Ross came up with a 114-114. There were a bunch of people that had 119-109. Never came back. No, she was done. Adelaide Bird, the first Golovkin fight, the second Golovkin fight. Even the Kovalev fight when she's Canelo knocked doing, him out. Uh, MMA. Adelaide? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, she's still here. CJ's not. No. But even the fight with Kovalev, where most of us ringside was like, yo, Canelo is losing this fight because he ain't doing nothing. They still had Canelo up around before he knocked out Kovalev. So there is a history. Dude, the Arisani Lara fight. There was a wild scorecard in that was fight that I believe was like, 117-111 for Canelo. And that fight was nip and tuck the whole time. So Canelo always gets at least one scorecard. And I keep saying it. You got to win 10 rounds to get five in the judges' eyes in Vegas. Dimitri Bivol won that fight handily. All three judges had a 115-113. Yep. My problem with Jamel Charlo is always going to be his punch output. He don't throw enough. You have, the reason why Bivol won that fight is because he used his jab, he was busy, and then he got out of there before Canelo could try to counter and he did it the whole fight. And Canelo couldn't adjust because Canelo's not a – he doesn't throw punches and bunches anymore. He doesn't throw more than a three-punch combination that doesn't end with an uppercut or a hook. He's not a busy guy. And if you don't give him opportunities to counter, there's nothing you can do. Like, there's nothing Canelo can do. But against Charlo, Charlo don't throw enough. And Canelo still has really good defense. Yes. So he's got great upper body movement. I'm, I'm curious how everybody keeps saying – He's big, so he should be fine at, at super middleweight. But you haven't fought. Your whole career you fought at 54. Yeah, you haven't that taken means punches. From a you haven't taken punches. You haven't given punches. You have been conditioned as a 168-pounder for a 12-round fight. So you have to be busy to beat Canelo. Can you sustain that for 12 rounds and convince the judges that you won at least seven rounds? I don't think he can do it. And some people, the only way he can win is by knockout. It's the only way Charlo wins. And that's tough. 
He ain't I, mean, not, I don't think seen unless Canelo fight bigger people, bro. Unless Canelo's chin is deteriorated in ways that we couldn't imagine, because he's got a lot of mileage on his body, sure. and you're not wrong with that. Like we can acknowledge, he hasn't looked great. The Ryder fight didn't look great. The Golovkin fight was, eh, it was fine. He lost to Bivol. So it's been over a year and a half since we saw the man who beat Caleb Plant, the man who beat Billy Joe Saunders. It's not the same guy, sure. But even at eighty percent. I think Canelo can win a decision. I think Canelo's been honest about, like, yo, those weren't my best performances. Yeah. Those weren't my best fights. He blamed injuries. It's yeah. always weird when you blame injuries because you can blame it on an injury. But sometimes your performance doesn't affect your legs. Like sure. a hand injury, right? Like, there's certain things that Canelo did that I was like, that, even if your hand is hurting you, I'm not sure the injury is why you didn't perform that well. Right? Because you knocked John Ryder down. John Ryder's not good. No, he knocked John Ryder down early, right? But then did nothing? No, he never really stepped on the gas that Maybe yeah. his hand was bothering him. But it makes it there, – there is a reason to believe that Canelo slowed down. That being said, what I think will happen is Jamel's going to try to get off to a fast start, and he's going to find himself in that Danny Jacobs situation where he's just throwing that air. Yeah. And it's going to discourage him from throwing because it's going to leave him open for a Canelo counter. Saw that with Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant has an amazing job. Fantastic. It's – Probably better than Charlo's. It is. And his footwork is better than Charlo's. He gets hit a little bit less. And he's a very slick and smart boxer. And against Canelo, that meant nothing. None no. of it meant anything. Canelo broke his ass down and then stopped him. Yeah. So I, unless Jamel makes a huge mistake, I don't see him getting stopped. But I, I think Canelo wins the decision. And it may not be a fun fight. I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it looks a lot like the Caleb Plant fight. People don't give Canelo enough credit, like, which sounds weird. But the run he had to become undisputed champion in that year were very good fighters. Callum Smith is a very good fighter. You want to talk about Jamel's bigger than him. He's not bigger than Callum Smith. No. Callum Smith looked like a giant in front of Canelo. And he beat him down and went on about his business. Billy Joe Saunders was thick. Yeah. Broke him down. Went about his business. Made his eye socket break, I think, and then stopped him. And then looking at the Caleb Plant fight, broke him down. It's one of those things where Canelo's fought people as good as Jermel Charlo, if not better, several yes. times over. Yeah. I'd probably 10, 10 times his career. Well, you're not, you're not the biggest Jermel Charlo fan. I'm not. But objectively, yeah. Bivol's better. Yes. Callum Smith is better. I'd say Caleb Plant is better. That's debatable. I'd like to see them fight. That's I, close. Maybe is Callum Smith better, better? Triple G's better in all three fights. Is, is Callum Smith better? Yeah, Callum Smith has moved up in his well because he's really good and he's well, yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could beat Better BF because Better BF's forty-one years old, well, going on fifty-eight. So here's the other stat about Charlo that works for him and against him. I believe when he goes to decision, he loses or has a draw. He won a majority of the decision against Tony Harrison. He had a draw against Castanio and he lost to Tony Harrison by decision. All of his other wins by knockout. Oh, well, I'll be damned. Like, for the past, since, since for the past five years, I think the only way he's won outside of the Harrison and I think Austin Trout, too, outside of those two wins have been knockouts. So he relies to find you at some point to get the job done. You can't rely on that with Canelo. You no. have to outwork him. It's kind of Canelo's strategy. Right, but Canelo's <laughs> – He's better. He's better. He's a better counterpuncher. Again, his upper body movement supremely underrated. He, like, he knows range and how to get out of the way of punches. And he's got a fantastic chin. Yeah. And he's got great body work. So I wouldn't be surprised if Canelo hurts him to the body. I just wonder if Charlo gets hurt, does he go into a shell? Because Canelo's not an offensive-minded fighter anymore. Like, he looks for openings. He doesn't really jump on you. 
He didn't jump on John Ryder. He just tried to survive. That's what I think might happen. That's Yeah, that'd be an ugly fight. But I, I think Canelo really wants to prove a point. I think he steps on the gas. I think he understands that this is the twilight of his career, but he's not old enough for it to be, like, washed-washed. The twilight is coming at, like, a young age. So he's just like, all right, cool. Let me step on the gas here and end this with a punctuation. Because I think the biggest thing is, is like, yo, I don't want to go out. And he's prideful. I don't want to go out on my shield. You know, like, the Benavidez fight is a possibility of you going out on your shield. Oh, you might get beat up. Yeah. Like, by young kids. That's like how Julio Cesar Chavez went out at that. He's like, ah, I'm the best Mexican fighter of all time. I kind of want to go out differently. Yeah. And if you can ride this three-fight deal and beat up on some people and then it make it look good. And matchmakers aren't stupid. They don't got Canelo for one fight or one in a possible. You, you think Al Heyman was like, yeah, I'm going to give him his toughest matchup in fight number nah, one. Man. No, he's giving him someone who's smaller than them that got a little bit of a name. Hardcore fans will be like, all right, there's a little doubt there. But I don't think he's in danger. I'm picking Canelo by fourth round stoppage. I know God, conventional so, wisdom so early. says eight, nine, ten. If you're gonna stop him, yeah, eight, nine, ten, because that's where you Canelo say, usually does. You're he basically saying down. that Canelo's gonna treat Jamel Charlo like Rocky Field. Yes, because Jamel hasn't. I mean, uh, Canelo hasn't knocked out an opponent that early. Kovalev was late. Saunders was mid to late rounds. Yeah. Um, Saunders was as close as he got. He knocked Yadira, Saunders down in like round two. What round did he knock out Yadira, man? Yadira was a shit. That was yeah, just yeah, a yeah, he ran through fight. his ass. Uh, Caleb was late. All his knockouts are late. Yeah, most of them are late. You say he's going to beat him. Round four. God damn. I'm round four. You're crazy. I saw the fear in that man's eyes and in Jamel's eyes I, today. I, I, bro, round I, I four. I, I just think Canelo wants to prove something. Um, I think we see him step on the gas. And again, it's one of those fights where as good as Charlo is, and he's a pretty slick fighter, and he does have that pop. He has a lot of knockouts. But that's at 154. I think Canelo feels his punches and goes, huh, I could take this. Let's sit down. And I think Charlo's, uh, he's not, I'm not going to, he's not dumb. I think Charlo's prideful enough to say, oh, you want to swing? I've seen him do it against Castaño. Yeah. I've seen him do it against Harrison. You're not going to tell me that you're just going to change who this fighter is just because he's fighting Canelo. He's going to revert to what he does. I think Canelo can make him revert to that early. He's going to sit down, bite down on mouthpiece, and he's going to get stopped. That's possible. Four rounds is too early. Um, Four is early. I but do, if that shit happens in the fourth, people will be like, yo, Kel, my mans, you got it. I, I, I do, I've been on a pretty good run lately. I do want to see how Canelo deals with Jamel's power because Jamel is a strong fighter. Like yeah. We had talked to Austin Trout, and Trout was like, he's got sneaky good power, right? Like He beat Jason Rosario with a long jab to the body and froze that man's life. That was weird. Right? I've like, never seen shit like that. <laughs> he's strong and he's got pop, and anybody that's fought him, Tony Harris, is like he's he's his power is is surprising to a lot of people. Yeah. So if you're Canelo, I don't think you want to play around and find out. But I, I I could see a late stoppage, but I would go with Canelo by decision. I if I, would I be surprised if Charlo won a little bit? I do feel like Canelo's on the backside of his career. And, and the, when shit starts falling, it, it starts falling fast, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's never a deterioration like, oh, we see it coming for three or four fights, and then it's usually one fight, Fall off the cliff. and then it's a wrap. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened here because Canelo's been fighting for almost 20 years, right? And he just went on that crazy streak to get the super middleweight title. I wouldn't be surprised, but I, it's unlikely. It's yeah, I don't unlikely. think this is no. a fight. 
Um, but we can play the game of hypotheticals before we welcome our next guest, uh, Kenneth Sims Jr. Walking around here. We're going to grab him and, and chop it up with him before we get out of here. But Canelo wins. His next fight should be. Crawford. Crawford I'm, ain't never going to be hotter than he is right now. Who's, Crawford, who's, who's Crawford bug, ain't going to lose. Who's Bud going to fight? Doesn't matter. That's not Canelo's problem. But no, Crawford's what I'm saying is, who is Bud going to fight if he's not fighting the winner of this? Uh, I would, I would Unless still it's say, Arrow. I would say Arrow rematch or you were talking shit to the man who's in this. That guy can say, okay, I dare to be great. I'm coming back to my weight class. I'm still king here. And Bud beats the shit out of him. Because you go, you, you fight Charlo, Jamel. For another undisputed title, or he won't close be undisputed. Um, no, because Tim Zoo have the other belt. Cool. Then you collect three, and then if you want to fight Canelo, go up and fight Canelo. But no, I, I think you connect. You collect those three belts, and then you examine what you want. Like Tim Zoo is a possibility if you want that. If you then want Canelo, then go up and move up and fight Canelo. But I don't think that's that fight is jumping twenty one pounds and making that fight happen with two big guys like that. Like that fight's more complicated than it may seem. Like, people act like him and Arrow is just the easiest fight to make. But he's going to make demands on what he's worth and what money he needs, that he's an undisputed fighter, that he's going up and he brings a lot to this fight with Canelo and all that stuff. And he's going to ask for an exorbitant amount of money to fight Canelo Alvarez. He's not going to do this shit on the strength. He's not going to do it 75-25. And it's not an easy fight to make as much as people may think. So, no, I do not think that's the next fight. Um, Canelo... If he doesn't fight Benavidez, and I know people want him to do that, I don't, I'm not sure that's the next fight anyway. I'm not sure when Big Charlo's ready. The name, and I've been saying this the entire time, I think Canelo can say, you want this guy to jump up 21 pounds and fight me? Why? I'm going to jump up. I still think he wants that cruiserweight title. Um, I think Badu Jack is the right fighter holding a belt where Canelo can go and fight Badu Jack and become that elusive, I think, five-division Mexican champion. It's interesting. And it adds a belt, adds something to it. It's another dare-to-be-great situation. You jump above Bivol. Uh, He once had Eddie Reynoso go to WBC and petition, and he became, like, number one contender for it. But they couldn't pull it off. Uh, The old boy was, I don't know, he was promoted by Don King. Uh, Makabu or whatever. Yeah. It was promoted by Don King. They couldn't get that going. Badu Jack... It's a very easy fight to make for PBC. <laughs> They're very familiar with Badu Jack. And he will be getting a bag. And he'll take whatever percentage split. And that offers a lot for Canelo. So I think May 5th, we might see Canelo go for Cruiserweight. Well, all right. So one, it w- Crawford's not fighting. If, if Charlo gets smoked in this fight, Bud is absolutely not going to fight him. There's no reason. You just watch the man get beat up. So you got to go down and fight Tim Zoo? Maybe. For that belt? Maybe, if that's what he wants to do. For Charlo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlo would have to do that, but his, his next fight would be Tim. But Zippo. I don't think he fights at fifty four ever again. Okay, like you, you move up two weight classes and you spend eight weeks in camp making sixty eight, and you fight 60 at sixty is probably where you go. Yeah, sixty is realistic. Fifty four, doubtful, because you spent your whole career there, and now you've. But then that's up. money, though. That's a lot of money. You go to sixty, there's no more money. I, I'm just saying, Crawford ain't fighting you if you got your ass whooped. There ain't no, there's no interest in Bud. I think there's just go. a narrative. I think there I is don't think he cares. He's like, yo, you just got your ass whooped. I'm trying to fight Canelo. Sure. You move out the way. Still belts. Canelo tried to fight Badu Jack, and they tried to give him a shitty split, and Badu was like, nah, I ain't taking that. Yeah. The thing about Badu is he's older. Yeah, this is last cash out. Yeah, like, but he's not necessarily looking for a cash out. 
He's looking for a fight. Yeah. So if Canelo wants to fight him, he wants to get paid. To, he don't want to cash at like 10%. Like, you're, coming, you're still coming to get my belt. Because remember, Canelo offered this fight and told Badu to come down to like 70. Yeah, that was the thing. Badu was like, I ain't coming I, down and wait. And take the short end of the split? That's not going to happen. No. So I think, I think they work it out. I think they make it work. It's possible. The zone negotiating that shit is a little bit different than PBC, I think. Yeah, but I, I think depending on how this fight goes, you immediately start figuring out if the Crawford fight can happen. If Charlo wins, who does Charlo fight next? Crawford. <laughs> I mean, 100%. If Charlo, yeah. if Charlo were to beat Canelo, that fight you make immediately. The narrative's there. You ain't got to waste no time. No rematch for Canelo. No, no. and it, you look at Errol and you go, well, you might have to do the rematch. They might both have to do rematches. Yeah. Right, like, but that you start angling towards that fight, because we we see what Bud's doing right now. Oh, you're gonna fight me at 47. Why? So you can pass on this fight, and I can move on from you. Yep. Because nothing's gonna happen any different at 54 than at 47 with Errol Spence the rematch. But if you put it at a lower weight, since you're in control of the weight, it's the way to get him out of that fight. And Errol shouldn't want this fight anyway. Errol needs to go fight Keith Thurman. Yeah, that's, that's what the Errol best needs fight to for him. Right, and then y'all have to figure out who's gonna get beat up by uh, Boot Sanders. Yep. That's what y'all gotta do. <laughs> but right now. If Charlo wins, Charlo Crawford is the immediate fight to make after the Canelo rematch, which you just have to time those two rematches near each other. And then then by the end of next year, you have... We're right back here. Yeah, we're right back here. Because nobody thinks Spencer's going to beat Crawford. No. Canelo could beat Charlo in the rematch. Whoever wins that rematch would be Crawford. Crawford's next fight. I think that's how it goes. The Badu Jack, I'm not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. It's the weight issue. The weight is... Yeah. Because like, Badu's big. And he he's 205 pounds. Yeah. And Canelo's at 168. Badu's like, I ain't, I ain't cutting this for Yeah, for what? For to get killed? To get my ass kicked? <laughs> Badu told me, he was like, it's not just that. It's dangerous. Like, I'm huge. I walk around. And, you know, I'm fighting at 205. You want me to lose 30 pounds to fight him? Yeah. For a, a quarter of a bag? 195, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But then even then, it's and like. You got to figure out the West Canelo. And then you want me to put my title on the line? And I gotta, by the way, he's not doing that. He would have to force Canelo to come to him. Yeah, and then that fight could get made. It's not outside the realm of possibility, but that's kind of I, would, I wouldn't be shocked. All right, we're gonna take our last break here, and then we're gonna welcome Kenneth Sim Jr. over uh, to chop it up with us before we get out of here. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this boxing episode. It's been great. We'll recap everything on Tuesday. We'll recap wrestling on Tuesday. We did a wrestling show already this week as well. Make sure you guys check that out. We had Leonard Ellerby on with us for a full show earlier in the week. That one is great. Social clips coming soon from that. Look for that uh, before this fight as well. So, man, it's been one hell of a week out here at the MGM Canelo Charlo. Don't go anywhere. One more guest. We'll be right back after this. What up, everybody? We are here with our next guest, 140-pounder, Kenneth Sims Jr. Yo, how you doing? How you doing? Yo, we're doing great. We should be talking about you getting the title shot right uh, now. Yeah. Um, but about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's looking a little weird. It seems like, you know, you've been putting work in uh-huh. and climbing the rankings in this division, and now we're just seeing an influx of people coming into the division yeah. and getting quick title shots. <laughs> uh, Tiafimo fought his first fight, got a title shot, won, all right, deserving. Devin Haney is just moving up, getting a title shot. Yeah. It looked like, uh, you know, you might be in the mix with yeah. Roley getting hurt, 
but your name wasn't called for that one. How do you feel looking back and watching the landscape at 140? I mean, it's uh, it's pretty annoying, really. I mean, the Tiafimo thing and the Devin thing, they didn't did enough at 135. Well, they deservedly. I ain't really too much tripping about them getting title shots right off the bat, especially Devin because he still had his belt. So that ain't really too much of a big deal. I just feel like in my situation, I deserve that opportunity now too, um, especially seeing I was ranked number two. So if O'Hara Davies was number one, Rowley was the champ, whatever the fact may be. Uh, so if it was them two fighting for the title, then I ain't really, not really a big deal because I'm mixing line. But you know they, I guess y'all seen last week they ordered O'Hara, they approved Rowley's injury, whatever it is. I don't know what the injury is, no but. Problems. <laughs> but they approved they mandated uh O'Hara Davies, who is the number one contender, cool. And Ismail Barroso who's number three behind me to fight for the interim title, which I feel like that should be me. I don't really I never got approached about it. I mean I guess we talked to WBA though. They saying I'm in a good position after this fight. When they fight for the interim I'll be mandatory. But you never know how it's going to go, so it's boxing. Well, maybe they gave it to Barroso because they feel like he ain't going to be around much longer because the man look old as hell. <laughs> so maybe they, they got to they hurry up and get him out of the way. But yeah. in your situation, though, I mean, yeah, like, you're asking the sanction of bodies to make sense out of things, <laughs> right? And it's real difficult sometimes for them to make sense out of things. Mm-hmm. So what's the next step for you then? Like, what do you want to do? Are you going to sit back and wait, or are you trying to just get another fight? Oh, no, I ain't sitting back and wait. I, uh, I need to get back in there. Uh, I plan it. I talked to my team. We're trying to work out something for December before the year ends. I need to get back in there. I ain't trying to be one of them fight one time a year, guys. I don't, I don't want to do that because I think to be at your best, you got to stay active. So I'm trying to get back in there. I don't, I don't know with who. I don't know where. I don't know. But I need to get back in there before the year is over. Then next year we can maybe revisit that, that title shot that I earned. So, What do you feel like continuously makes these – sanctioning bodies and other people jump up the rankings like is there something where you're like yo i'm doing everything in the ring what more do i have to do to show y'all i'm next yeah i don't really know uh because i think i mean like ryan garcia a lot of that it got to do with popularity i guess because ryan he jumped to what are you at now four four i think yeah Yeah. Yeah. without even fighting a fight at 140 for real coming off a loss yeah and he just got knocked out so but he had number four I mean, I whoop his ass too. I mean, if he wanna, <laughs> I, I, if he wanna earn a number, a way, he wanna earn his way up the rankings. He could come see me. Uh, but it's just boxing, you know. Popularity. They want eyes on the on the sport, so he gonna bring a lot of eyes to the sport. They gonna so they gonna always try to put him in position to make some noise. What do you think about the landscape of 140? Well, we was just with Shakur earlier, mm-hmm. and he was like, I came to 35, and everybody ran to 40. Mm-hmm. This is where you're at. This is yeah. your house. Yeah. Is it interesting that you see all these names coming to 40, and you're like, do you think they want to smoke with you, or do you think they're going to do everything in their power to avoid you? Oh, yeah, I don't think um, – I think they already avoid me. Uh, I think they've been doing that since that Elvis Rodriguez fight when I showed who I was, and I'm still only – I only got better since that. The last fight with Almeida, that proved like I'm one of the best. I think I'm the best. I think I could beat everybody at 140. I could beat anybody at 140 on any given day. Uh, so I don't think anybody, I just ain't, I'm, I'm not like a, 
big name for that where well, it's gonna make sense to them. So I guess it's always just that cliche word that people use for boxing. Big risk, not too much not a big reward. Right. So I'm gonna have to make my way there the hard way, like I've been doing anyway. So I, I got ranked number two and that wasn't given to me. I had to earn that. So my whole career is, I've been had to earn it. So I'm ready to keep I gotta earn the title. So it ain't they ain't gonna give me that either. So Yo, how exciting is it though to now have these names in the division where you're like, yo, I'm better than all of them. Mm-hmm. And then now it's a chance to be like, y'all not talking about me. But yeah. if I go and beat the hell out of Ryan or yeah. if I beat Devin or I beat Regis, mm-hmm. I beat these guys. Oh, now y'all going to know who I am. Because sometimes people are stuck in a division where it's like, no matter who you be, you can collect three belts. Yeah, because ain't nobody there. You. Ain't nobody mm-hmm. there. But now yeah. your division is the it division. Yeah. yeah I, that's it, that, uh, I think that's how probably 160 is right now. Yeah. Like that, but I think there's a lot of names at 140 that you can make some noise with. Whether they got it, whether it be a title fight or not, they got the names, they got the accolades already, and the eyes will be on you. And then when you beat one of them, you take it, take it all from them, and they, everybody that followed them, they're gonna start keeping up with you. So what do you think? I mean, obviously we don't know what's going on with Rolling. He ain't fighting. Mm-hmm. We know Devin's fighting Regis. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that fight, Devin moving up from 35 to 40? That was a good fight. Uh, I don't think it's nothing that's surprising about that fight. It's going to happen. If it's a boxing match, Devin going to box his ears off. And I think if Regis can get close, then we're going to be in for an ugly. He's he going to try to make it ugly. and It's up to Devin to keep boxing. It's like Floyd fights. It's, it was up to the other people to get him out of his comfort zone. Right. So it's up to Regis to get Devin. Out of his comfort zone, because he just let him sit back and peck him with a jab all night. Then that's when, what he want. When yeah. you see fights like that as a fighter, mm-hmm. and you're seeing, you'd be like, "Yo, like I see the holes in someone's game, mm-hmm. or I know how to approach this." And you're watching a fight. How hard is it for you to then just be like, "Man, I gotta sit and wait." Like we, I yeah, it's to funny Shakur too because I, I didn't been in the ring with both of them. I just sparred both of them. So yeah, Devin and Devin and Regis. So yeah, Shakur be like. I beat the hell out of Devin. Like, because he's sparring. <laughs> like, he knows it, but he's like, yo, I got to sit and wait. Like, yeah. if he can't, if he don't want to fight me, he don't want to fight me. But yeah, that's like, that, yeah, for sure. Because even before I was ranked number two, when I was first got in the rankings, I've sparred with Poyo before when he had the title. Mm-hmm. I got to spar with him a lot, a lot of times. Like, usually I ain't even, I say it now, because usually I don't even say nothing how sparring went, but his coach kind of lied on me before. So now I just put it out there. I whooped his ass like five, six times when he hit the right before he had the title. So I was up and I was thinking this before I was even. This was after the Elvis fight, but this was before I was ranked in it, right. any kind of sanctioning body. I was just like, this dude ranked number one in the world, and I'm in the toy with him. I don't think, but if I go out here and say that, people won't believe me. I got to show it to him. So with. With all of that, being active is such a big part mm-hmm. of boxing, keeping your name in these circles. Looking at it, all right, you're ranked number two by WBA. Mm-hmm. Is your plan to, all right, let me take the next contender I can get in the WBA? Or we've seen other people, their approach is, like, yeah. yo, who's number two in the WBC? Like, mm-hmm. Boots is great at this. Yeah. yeah, Boots is like, I'm beat the hell out of the top one or two in every sanctioning body, <laughs> and somebody going to give me a title shot. Is yeah. that like your approach, or are you just like, yo, let me maintain where I'm at and show uh, people 
I'm ready for this. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that because I ain't really, <laughs> I ain't ranked nowhere else except the WBA. They <laughs> got me like, like yeah, they got me at like 20 something in WBC, but I ain't nowhere else, which I feel like is BS. Cause it's ridiculous. I think it's clear, like, like it today, like it's clear if you watch boxing, I'm at least one of the best top 15 in my weight class. So I don't really, I never really thought about the other thing. I don't even think I ain't. Had my mind on the other sanctioning bodies till I get that WA title, and then at a, then I start where maybe unify, maybe that type of stuff. But my mind focused on that WA because it's right there, like it's right in arm's reach. Kenny, let me ask you, man, because sparring is an interesting thing because you get in there with somebody you don't know if you're ever gonna fight them, mm-hmm. but then one day they start you pop up on their radar. Yeah, you think they remember? Oh, oh, for sure. He beat my ass in the gym. For sure. I don't, I don't think I want this smoke. How do Most I get out of this? Most definitely. Because, I mean, yeah, most definitely. In certain situations for me, if you ask around out here in Vegas, I'll be. I've heard. I'll be out here. I've heard. Taxing. So, but don't nobody want to talk about it out loud. Yeah, they going to remember me. <laughs> like, everybody, if you go to these gyms in Vegas and ask them what my sparring be looking like. Because before everybody knew me out here, I'll come to the gym with a spar. Can't take me. And they be like, I ain't know he could do that. I didn't know mm-hmm. he was that good. Like, they knew who I was, but they didn't know right. how good I was. But so, then when you do that, though, do you think, oh, shit, I don't beat this dude that he ain't never going to fight. Oh, yeah, me. after that Pueyo situation, I ain't. Because they offered him to fight me before. And before. he passed. Yeah. When I was at, like, I think they had me at that 10 or 14 or something like that. Uh-huh. And he had turned it down, and I know why. <laughs> so after that, I told Kay and everybody, like, I'm not sparring nobody that's, like, Ranked in my weight class in any organization, I don't, we can find some other work because I ain't trying to it messes, have that it situation happen up. again. But the way, here's the, here's the other thing. I was talking to Shakur about this today. How many liars are there in boxing? Oh, for sure. I just told you. I mean, like we, he, we chopped it up today actually with yeah. uh, Pueyo's coach. He told me his the motives behind lying, but but they but there's a lot of lies. Yeah, he be lying about sparring. That's why I don't really talk, I don't talk about sparring. Mm-hmm. I only talk about that sparring because he already. Lied about it, so might, as, might well, as well. Yeah, like if you ask me about sparring, like my sparring with Regis, my sparring with Devin, my sparring with Shakur, Bud, I'm gonna say that's it was good work. Right, it's all you are gonna get out of me. But there's usually somebody that's in the gym that sees it. Yeah, and they start talking. Yeah, all I'm gonna say is it was good work. I don't. It's sparring. It don't really. It ain't too much. That ain't yeah. in front of the crowd. You ain't getting paid for it. You ain't. It ain't making no name for yourself. I mean, sometimes sparring make name for yourself, but it ain't really gonna do nothing. You got to get in there and prove it. In front of the world. So. Right. You look at the champion then at 140. Mm-hmm. Which one? WBA. Which one? <laughs> oh, you know Rowley. which one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, say your name. Your name gets around in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Rowley's been in Vegas for a long time. Yeah. When you look at him as champion, what are your thoughts of Rowley Romero? When you look and say, you're like, yo, it's right there for you. It's in reach. I'll take you back to the, to the hood. What they say, a walk and lick. It's a, a walking lick, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's how we look at it. It's a walking lick. It ain't really. He ain't. He don't. He champ, but is he champ? That's that's all. You think he'll be champ by the time you get there? No. If he, I don't think he beat Davies. Uh, that Davies Barroso winner. Yeah. I don't know who won that fight, but I think Davies maybe can pull that out. But he don't got no defense, and Barroso could punch. So you never know. But looking at it like that, 
Roley probably would be with Rosa on a rematch. Cause I, do you hope Roley's there when you get there? I don't care. I don't care, honestly. It could be Barroso, it could be Davies, it could be Roley. Any three of them can get it, and they're going to lose to me. So <laughs> That's fair, but here's the thing. like, Got to give credit to Roley. He's, he sells a fight. Yeah, he does his job. His a lot gimmick, of other fighters don't sell fights. Yeah, the gimmick works. But it, it's, it's, it's slow. it ain't going to – I don't know how long, <laughs> much longer it's going to work. Well, let's hope that it's – It got him to this point. That's what I'm saying. Let's hope it keeps going by I the time you get it. I ain't mad at it. He did his job. If you got, get your hands on him while he's still running the gimmick, yeah, you can put it into the gimmick. So it with. works out. Yeah, he did. He did his job. He did, he doing what he's supposed to do. You got to do what you got to do. You can't fight that good. You gotta. <laughs> <laughs> he gotta call a spade a spade sometimes. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a walk and lick. <laughs> Yo, I thought you were gonna call him food, but I like no, the walk and lick. Walk and lick. Mm. Oh man, and I guess last question: We sitting here a year from now. Mm. We're having the same conversation. Where are you at a year from now? Are we looking at the WBA champion? And, I did, and yeah. Who ideally, are we looking at after that? What are what are those goals in the next year? If they, if boxing does right by me and give me that shot, then no doubt in my mind, you're looking at the champ, WBA champ. Yeah. Still, even though I'll be a champ, still out there trying to prove that I'm the best at the weight against the other guys. So, I mean, the belt, that's a step, but that ain't the final step. The final step is being like having it undoubted, like you're the best in that weight division. And you gonna stay at 140? Yeah, 140. I'm good. 140. Um, it ain't really. Oh, I like. Shout that. out perfect athletes. Love them. They give me right every time. I ain't really no problems at 140 for me right now. That's what's up. No nah, man, I like it. Kenneth Jr. joining us, future WBA champ. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I want to see good. you, Chris Rowley. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. I want to see that fight. And that's a fight where I see, I think whoever beats Roley, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, people will start to clamor to see them versus Tank. Yeah, sure. Because uh, WBA, it's so easy for him to move up mm-hmm. and get that title shot. And knocking out Roley is kind of like that similar comparison. Mm-hmm. So I really do. I hope you get it. Because I think yeah, uh, me too. a Tank Thank fight you. is in the future for that WBA sure. champion. No one wants to see him running back with Roley. So yeah, <laughs> that shit is... <laughs> we don't need to see that <laughs> no, again. Excuse my language. Yo, no, you're good, bro. We know yeah, how that uh, ends. So, man, can't wait to see, you know, everything in store for you. And thank just keep you. handling business, man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. y'all. All right. Kenneth Sims Jr. there. Can't wait to see if he gets the title shot in the next year. So much going on for him. It's going to be great. Thank you guys again for listening to this entire episode. We appreciate you all. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Uh, hopefully you guys liked our predictions. Probably didn't. I don't care. We'll see who is right after this. We'll be back on Tuesday. For myself, for the old man Andreas Hale, for everyone here at the MGM Grand, which is way different than Blue Water Studios, we'll be in there next week. We appreciate you, man. Till next time, we're out. Peace.